Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it's Shane from Now That I'm Older. I hope you're liking everything you're hearing on the Rogan's Hell Podcast Network. If you are, go to rogan'shell.com slash Amazon for all your shopping needs. It's not going to cost you anything extra. It's not going to look any different. But every time you use that link, you're going to be helping out the Rogan's Hell Podcast Network. So bookmark rogan'shell.com slash Amazon every time you need to buy something from Amazon. Thanks a lot. Hi, this is Renee. And this is Kim. And this is Round Trip. We are super excited to have with us today one of our Travel Squad members, Kendra. I'm super excited, ladies. I am. I am so excited to be here and so honored to be here as well. Well, we are very happy to have you. You are one of our favorite people to travel with, and so we... Knew we had to have you on as soon as possible. Well, thank you. To talk with you about travel, your experiences, and some of the things you have coming up. Awesome. To kick this off, let's start with our travel squad questions. Oh, boy. (laughs) I should have prepared. It just got real. (laughs) Kendra. Yes, my dear. What has been your worst travel experience? My worst travel experience... Has been actually a flight to Malaysia. It was a last minute flight that I had to take. This was not a personal trip. It was a requirement for business. Therefore, I was seated in the very, very last row of seats on Malaysian Airlines. No leg room, no recline right next to the toilets on a completely full, full plane. And it was a late night trip. So I took melatonin, but the constant slamming of the lavatory doors, not to mention the odors that were emanating, were uh, very non-conducive to sleeping and non-conducive to eating and pretty much breathing. Uh, so all all three of those things really uh, weren't happening on that flight, and it was a nonstop flight. For about 15 hours, I think. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. So bad that the flight attendants actually came over and kept telling me how sorry they were and their apologies. <laughs> so that was probably my worst travel experience. I can't say I've had anything really bad once I landed anywhere, but right. in transit was was pretty awful that time. Right, and I'm sure them continuing to say they were sorry did not help. No, I'm sure at some no. point you were like, look. No. <laughs> Unless you're going to put me up in the front with the right. pilot, I'm. I, there's really nothing you could do right. for me. <laughs> I know there's a free jump seat around Right, I was going to say, can I just sit in the jump seat? I'll be happy to serve some beverages, but they right. didn't do that. <laughs> that sounds dramatic. That it was it was pretty dramatic. awful. It almost turned awful. me off from, from uh, travel. But <laughs> Yikes. That's pretty, pretty bad. It was pretty bad. So your next question. What has been your favorite travel experience? So interestingly enough, when I landed in Malaysia, one of my all-time favorite travel experiences and probably one of the experiences that has inspired me to step outside my comfort zone and 
not necessarily to stay when I travel internationally within the confines of a hotel or resort was also in Malaysia outside of Kuala Lumpur. Was fortunate enough to have an extra day once my job was done where I went to an elephant sanctuary. And it was interesting because we hired a driver who thought he knew where he was going. This could have also been a bad experience, like, now that I think about it. But we it's had a thin hi- line. it's a very it's it was a, a very thin line. line. Had hired this driver. I was with my coworker. We had had hired a driver. He claimed to know where he was going. He pulled literally into the jungle, got out, and clearly had no idea where he was. I thought we were going to be sold into sexual slavery because he told us, "Oh, just follow me, just follow me." And I was with my coworker, who yes was a man, but always was a also was a very slight man. So he was not he was not going to be protecting me. And we kept following this guy deeper and deeper into the jungle, and I was really starting to wonder if we should be following him anymore. And all of a sudden, I hear all these voices, and I'm going, "This can't be good." And my coworker, Chad, had said, uh, just so you know, I'm ready to run. And I said, oh, don't worry. If I hear the words, get the blonde, I'm knocking you down and I'm running out. So <laughs> just awesome. be aware of that. However, it turned out to be a boys club, like I guess their version of the Boy Scouts. And they pointed us in the right direction of where to go. We ended up at the Elephant Sanctuary. And we were able to feed the elephants, wash the elephants. But the most amazing part was actually getting on the elephant going into the uh, river that right. was there and actually swimming right. with the elephant. So you would get on its back and it would ride you into the river and cool. you would just swim with it. And for whatever reason, they let me have an extra trip around and let me, you know, basically ride the elephant out of the river and ride it back to the homestead, the ele- little elephant homestead. Were you wearing a bikini? <laughs> I, I was not, <laughs> but I, I, was, why you got I was wearing, I was wearing a very thin tank top though. Okay. So that might've had something to do with it. I know they really like blonde hair and blue eyes out there. So that, I don't know, that might've had something to do with it. Right. <laughs> but it was, it was amazing. You work you it was work amazing. Angle. Now, were they regulated and were they to code and was it, you know, OSHA, you know, their version of OSHA? Probably not, but again, you step outside of a comfort zone, you go and do something that's, you know, native to the country, and it was amazing. It was probably one of my best experiences. Now, there's been a lot of um, articles and information kind of out there about elephants being abused in situations where they're being ridden by tourists and such. Did you see anything at this particular area I actually, that made you think that? I actually did not see that at this at this facility, and I have I have heard of that. I think the thing is is that you just really have to research, and these really were rescued elephants. Right. They were clearly very well taken care of. They had, um, as a matter of fact, this one that we went to, you had to get there really, really early because they only allowed so many passes right. for the different activities. Okay. So they would only allow so many for the people who wanted to ride them, only so many for the people who wanted to swim with them. Right. Basically, if they were out, they were out. So they were actually very well regulated so as not to overly stress the animal. That's so I thought that was, I thought that was really great. Your next question. What is one thing you can't travel without? One thing I can't leave the house with ever, no matter if I go to Kuala Lumpur, if I go to the QT on the corner is lip balm. I just, I can't travel without lip balm. I can honestly be stranded anywhere and probably not have a change of clothes, not have shampoo. But if I do not have lip balm, I would get a nervous tick. It would be like, yes, I just, I can't do it for some reason. It makes me feel dehydrated. It's bad. I just, I would. No, I can't. Even see, I'm getting the shakes yeah, right now. Just thinking, she's like freaking out a little bit. Like, Where's my lip balm? She's, she's freaking out a little bit here. Where's my Burt's Bees? Bring me my Burt's. But really, I think I could probably survive on an island with nothing but a stick of Burt's Bees. 
Wow. That's, that's amazing. No water. Uh, no. Well, you know, I could figure out how to desalinize the water and I could go spear fishing. I, that stuff comes, that's, that's, <laughs> that comes naturally. That's I don't know where, I mean, I don't know how I would develop I would, my own. I'm lawn. sure you would be able to identify a plant <laughs> that you could break in half and create. Well, coconuts, right? Coconut and, and oil is good for everything make, now. Yeah. So I guess I could, uh, yeah, okay. Okay. I, I guess maybe that's a stupid thing to take. I, that's just why I don't go on Survivor. So. <laughs> Or naked and afraid, but there's other reasons why I went to naked and afraid. Well, there are a lot. <laughs> there's I a lot of reasons why I went to naked and afraid. But <laughs> there are a lot of open things happening nope, there yeah, that just oh, yeah. should not be out nope, in the wilderness. Nope. There's nooks and crannies that should not be exposed Ooh. to the elephant. The so, elephant. Did you guys see that episode where the lady caught the catfish? She was sitting in the little pond and she caught. Oh yeah. Cat- oh my god. Open. Yes. Yeah. I was like, no, this is not okay, ma'am. No, that's not where the catfish should be. Kendra. Yes. Your next question. I am ready. Name a celebrity you would like to travel with. Celebrity I would like to travel with. Part of me wants to say Lady Gaga right off the bat. I don't know why. I'm not even really a super fan of hers, but she's so out there that I think that she would match my travel personality. I think that she'd just be, you know, out there and be willing to try anything and be super adventurous. So I think that she would probably be a, a good match. If I wasn't married, I'd say Ryan Reynolds, mm-hmm. but that's for, you know, other reasons. Right. <laughs> it's a whole different thing. That would be more of the luxury trip, I guess. But, right. But my husband wants to be Ryan Reynolds, so I guess that's okay for me to say that. It's a win-win for everybody. It is. It is a win-win for everybody. Mm-hmm. But I would think, yeah, I think Lady Gaga would be just adventurous enough to be a good travel match for me. If you could give a new traveler, someone who, you know, is kind of just starting out in travel, any little piece of advice, as small as it may be. What would, what advice would you give them? I would say, so, and this is interesting for me to say because my husband always tells me that I just kind of jump into things, but I do plan. So even though I'm adventurous, I think that there is a level of, again, traveling, but being a planner, you can be adventurous, but you have to be prepared. So I think that you just have to be, um, there's that certain level of common sense. So you can be adventurous but make sure you use common sense. Uh, I would say that there were a couple of times, you know, that I can say I probably didn't exercise my my own advice. And there were a couple of scary situations that I found myself in. Thankfully, nothing really happened. But you, you know, you start to wonder. But I would say don't be afraid to explore the world. I would say that's the other thing, right? So many people hear about what's going on in the world, and I think it limits them. They go, oh, the world's not safe, right? I hear these things in the news. Uh, you can't trust people. You can't do this. And so I think you can kind of take the contrary. You can say you can be adventurous, but use common sense and be a planner and just be aware of your surroundings all the time and, and do some research on where you're going. But on the other hand, don't let fear ever limit your opportunity for adventure. I see a lot of people too, just not getting out and exploring the world. I come from a family that was very much like that. And I think that's one reason why I like to get out and explore because my family is you know, afraid of small spaces, dark spaces, large spaces, crowded spaces, you know, planes, trains, boats, water, everything, right? You know, different cultures. And I think that you limit yourself and you don't get a chance to really explore and grow as a person. I think there's so much out there in the world that people should be seeing and they don't do that because they're afraid to take that step. So I'd say be adventurous, but be smart, but then don't limit yourself because of fear. Take a step, start with baby steps, you know, maybe go somewhere on the other side of the United States that you've never been before. And then maybe go to Europe and then maybe work on Middle East or, you know, Thailand or something like that. Don't limit yourself. 
That is awesome advice. That is excellent advice. Awesome Thank advice. you. I am going to take your advice. <laughs> I feel inspired by you. Now, I've got one new question for you. Well, actually, it's a two-part question. Oh, boy. These are just getting harder and harder. This this, this <laughs> is double jeopardy. This is like the SAT of travel. Right. This is, it's a little more GMAT. But. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, man, I did terrible in math. That's even worse. You're not making me feel better. Clean it towards ACT. But <laughs> yeah. We went right to GMAT. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll bring it down to Common Core. <laughs> Do you believe in aliens? I don't believe in aliens in the sense that aliens have traveled to our planet and live amongst us. I do believe that there is the potential for life in other areas of the universe. I just find it hard to believe that out of how large the universe is, we would be the only one one thousandth of a percent of a planet existing that would be able to support life in any form. And maybe that's just plants, right? Maybe that's small microbes, but I, I don't necessarily say I would believe in aliens, how, but I do believe that there's sustainable life um, somewhere else in the universe. If sustainable life, <laughs> whether it be a plant or a microbe or an alien, <laughs> were to come to Earth and find you and say, Kendra, if you could show us one place on Earth that you think we should see, what place is that? One place on Earth, mm-hmm. not one place in the United States. One on place Earth. on Earth. Oh wow, that depends. Would they would they be providing the transportation? Yes, I wouldn't the, have to pay for it. That is correct. So- <laughs> the aliens will have the the, the proper financial oh my God, backing. Got real practical. <laughs> They, well, they, you know, there's some places I would like to go, but I've been reserving for various reasons. The aliens want you to. They they will not expect you to take them to the Delta Terminal and check the baggage. <laughs> they have the equipment to teleport you and them to whatever place you're going to say. Do I get a chance to ask them some questions about their planet? There are no questions. There are asked. no questions. The only the aliens are, have said to you, Kendra, we will destroy Earth unless. You show us the one place on earth that you think justifies us keeping it here. Wow. Wow. That would, that's really difficult to be honest. I would say uh, having experienced, I'm going to give, since it's a two part question, I'm going to give a two part answer. Having experienced within the United States, to be quite honest, Yellowstone National Park was amazing. It was someplace where I went again on a whim. I was like, never been there, really never been to a big national park what the hell? Let's go give it a shot. I thought it was amazing. I fell in love with it immediately. And we went when there was still some snow on the ground, but just the beauty, the scope, the animals, seeing all parts of life, right? You saw the wolves feeding on a carcass. You saw bear cubs. You saw baby bison being born. You saw baby bison trying to cross the river and not necessarily making it. You have the opportunity to be charged by a buffalo and fear for your life. There was so much going on there in in addition to just the beauty, right, and the cycle of life around you. That was amazing. If I could pick probably anywhere in the world, having not experienced this place, but knowing that it's on my bucket list from a beauty standpoint, would be French Polynesia, whether that's Bora Bora or anywhere near that particular area. I know it's it's just, I've heard it's supposed to be like a fantasy land, like water you've never seen before, the green mountains just coming up out of the ocean. I've just heard it's it's amazing. So I would say... 
you know, from a place that I visited, I would actually say Yellowstone, surprisingly. Um, maybe not the most exciting place for some people, but it just amazing. It just blows you away and it really makes you feel small amongst the universe. And I think that that, from an alien's perspective, that might be kind of an interesting, you know, approach to seeing that part of of life here on Earth. Yeah. But like I said, if it was someplace else, uh, probably Bora Bora, more for the beauty of the landscape. That's an awesome answer as well. <laughs> so we would just like to thank you for answering our question. Absolutely. Officially <laughs> welcome you to the Travel Squad. Yay! And Travel Squad! Yay! And with that, we'll get to the rest of the show. All right. Let's do a little wine talk now. Yay! Um, Kendra is a lover of all things wine. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Fermented grapes are yeah. my weakness. The best grapes. <laughs> <laughs> Not regular grapes. Fermented grapes. <laughs> fermented grapes. Mm. Unless so, you're at the winery, pulling them off of the vine and putting right. them in your mouth. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> then, then regular grapes are fine. Yeah, that's true. So, Kendra, what particular wine style is your, is your go-to? Well, you know, it's... Actually, very interestingly enough, because I am guest starring, again, because you guys are so fabulous and have invited me to guest star on your podcast. I, I, like, brought, I like how she just made herself a guest, guest star. star. <laughs> First of all. Awesome. This is the closest to celebrity I've ever been. So, you know, I need, I need to play up the, the five minutes. You, you yeah, do you, what you, you need to do. <laughs> I know. She stepped on into that. I need to Step on in. This moment. <laughs> but actually, I brought a very meaningful wine for this podcast for myself and Kim. And I'm really sad, Renee, that you can't be here to join it with us because oh. I brought Gergich Hills. Mm-hmm. May Blanc, mm-hmm. which brings back many, many fantastic travel memories because the first time I had ever been to Napa and my first winery mm-hmm. in Napa visit and the first white wine that I've ever liked mm-hmm. was Gurga Chills. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the three of us had gone together mm-hmm. and it was a fabulous time. Mm-hmm. And uh, my husband was sweet enough to order six bottles of this for my birthday direct from Gurgich. <laughs> Because and, he's awesome. And so because kind. he's awesome so and thoughtful. And I figured this was a special, this is my special occasion wine. And this is a special occasion because we're talking about travel and wine. Perfect nice. wine. Absolutely. And for those who are not familiar with the Fumé Blanc, it is a dry Sauvignon Blanc. Sauvignon style grape. This particular bottle is a 2013 estate grown Gurgich Hills. Now, what's unique about Gurgich Hills, if I remember correctly, when we visited their winery, and drank lots and lots and lots and lots of lots wine. Lots and lots and lots of wine. And stumped grapes. Isn't that where we stumped that grapes? That is where we stumped yeah. grapes. Which was really cool. But they grow their own grapes. A lot mm-hmm. of wineries grow, yes. you know, they, they will get grapes from other vineyards. But I believe Gurgich Hills had their own vineyard. That is correct. From which, from whence they pulled their grapes. And I think we remember all of these details so well because it was our first winery right. Right. of that trip of the day. And when we ended up at Cake Bread, I think Cake Bread was our fifth or sixth. So there's not much yeah. I remember from Cake Bread other than was trying to pull a bottle of wine from behind the sommelier <laughs> stand after tasting was done. I think I do remember that. And they came out and they said, tastings are over. Right. And I believe, well, I believe it was you. And, and well, someone had two said. Two of us were pouring still. And the man came over and said, this is not a self-serve tasting. Right. I believe his exact word <laughs> were free-for-all. <laughs> this is not a free-for-all. I mean, it was unintended. So but just the bottle like, was already right. turned up at that right. point. It was. And 
what do you do? And so were we. Right. So were we. So we were, were we. also turned up. We were turned so. up. Very true. <laughs> very, very true. But yes, but Gurgich was a fantastic uh, entry into Napa, I think. Yeah. First yeah. trip. Spent it with you guys. And every time I have a bottle of this, I, I think of you guys. And I wish you were awesome. here to enjoy it with me. Well, I am glad that I'm here to enjoy this bottle with you because it's yes. fantastic. <laughs> Just it pour one for fantastic. me, too. Just well, pour we'll, one for me. We'll, we'll pour it into our glasses. Yes, <laughs> oh, yeah. I appreciate we'll that. We'll drink in your honor, Renee. <laughs> Renee, what are you drinking? I'm actually drinking a 2014 Moscato from Jacobs Creek. So Jacobs Creek is a Southern Australian vineyard or company. Um, and it actually is the uh, cheap bottle <laughs> that you get at the grocery store. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. But it's really, really good Moscato. And so I really, really like it. So I'm finishing this off and then I'm actually going to do a uh, bluefin Moscato, which is what I got from Trader Joe's, which again is really, really good, even though it's cheap, but, but two to, different flavors. You probably two have different... excellent memories of going to Trader Joe's, just like we have exactly. excellent memories of our girl. Actually, <laughs> I do. Trader Joe's is actually, the, Trader Joe's is the first place that I actually bought wine for the first time. I never knew about the two buck chuck and I saw people coming out of Trader Joe's with like barrels of wine, like baskets. And I, I was like, what is going on? And people were like, oh, you know, it's really, really cheap. You get like two, three dollar bottles of wine. And so Trader Joe's was the first place I went to actually like explore flavors and styles of wine through wow. Trader Joe's. Nice. Yep. Nice. All right. Well, that's it for our little wine break. Now, <laughs> wine break. So next, let's talk about wanderlust. The best kind of lust. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> Ooh, trip to Bora Bora. Yes, Ooh. please. Yes, hiking in the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so maybe maybe Kim doesn't lust after hiking in Machu Picchu, but I would. I totally would. Actually, hiking in Machu Picchu, I think, would be cool. And I'm not a fan of hiking either, but I think Machu Picchu would be yeah. pretty awesome. You can lust after that, yeah. Kim. Yeah. <laughs> I feel travel shamed again. Right. I feel it. I feel the weight on my shoulders. But no, I think that should be our next trip. I think our next trip should be Machu Picchu. That would be awesome. I think we Agreed. need to go to Peru. We might have to. Well, and you were saying, I have to train you. I have to bring you on some hikes yes. to get you ready for it. Yes, please. So. Train me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> hit me. Please hit me. Oh, because... that's some different kind of training. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Kim's training for something other than Machu Picchu. I do. Exactly. <laughs> But yes, I I definitely need to be trained before we go to Machu Picchu and hike up that beautiful mountain to see that amazing sight. I need to get my hammies stretched out, (laughs) get my quads built up. We can get a Sherpa to stretch your hammies out. Well, I think I have to pay for that, right? (laughs) I'm not sure. I don't know if that comes with the price. I don't know. It depends what type of trip we take. (laughs) Depends what type of tour we take. I don't don't mind paying extra for that. (laughs) It's going to be worth it. Some Peruvian Sherpa. My hammies could use a little attention. <laughs> Renee is like, I've lost control of this conversation. I don't know what No, happened. whatever. She's like, my hammies could use a little help too. I really was thinking that too. <laughs> if that Sherpa's got a brother, we'll see. I was thinking that. So let's talk a little bit about Wonderlust. A desire to travel. A strong desire to travel. So it's definitely more than just wanting to go on vacation occasionally or wanting to hit the beach or hit Vegas. Wanderlust is about the need and that desire to have an adventure. I think it's to, mm-hmm. yeah, to explore, mm-hmm. the need to explore, the desire to explore, like you said, mm-hmm. to push yourself beyond your boundaries, to be adventurous, mm-hmm. 
to put yourself in immerse, I think it's an immersion into maybe a different culture mm-hmm. than what you're used to, to explore the rest of the world, get outside your comfort zone, get outside your bubble, right? right your everyday bubble of right. going to work, coming home from work, turning on the TV, making dinner, going to bed, right? So it's, it's, I think it's a little bit of all of that, a break from the norm. Um, yeah. I think a lot of my personal wanderlust is in the process of taking the trip. So the planning, setting the date, packing, getting ready to go, and mm-hmm. kind of that that whole process is probably the next to actually going on the trip and having the experiences, probably one of my favorite parts. I, you know, I love that part too. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but I think because just we're the anticipation yeah. of just like mm-hmm. knowing that you're about to do something awesome. Yes. And I've noticed when I don't have something planned, it's probably when I am mentally and emotionally and not in the best place. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but like so, so. For example, when I was planning for China and getting ready for China, I was in the the, the best place. I was real. My mind was just so focused on getting ready and what do I need to do? What do I need to know? How do I learn it? Do I need to learn a little Mandarin? Like you know, da 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 da. I'm getting all excited about it now because I currently don't really have anything. I mean, I have a trip to Vegas planned. And I have a couple other things planned, but I don't really have anything like solid like a. Mm-hmm an experience trip, I'm not in the best place. Like I'm kind of like, I'm like, what should I be doing? Where am I? Who am I? Am I doing the right things? Am I making the right decisions? I don't have that uncertainty in my life it's like when I a, have a, a trip planned. Yeah, having a trip almost is like an anchor, right? It's like, right. it's like your anchor throughout right. the year exactly. to say, okay, this is, this is what I'm working towards right. until I hit, hit that goal. And then what's the next goal that I'm working towards? But it's a travel goal. Everybody right. has different goals. But for us, for those of us that are affected by wanderlust, it's typically a travel goal. Correct. Yeah. But I do, I do agree with the the idea that it's just something you either have or you don't have. You know, I I do really think that mm-hmm. I have always had this. You know, even as a child, I can remember getting ready to go to like summer camp and things like that, and just being so excited. And then when there's really nothing to look forward to, it's just like, okay, well, focus on regular yeah. crap. You know, how do I? Am I going to pay this bill or that bill first? You know, <laughs> is it? Am I going to watch this show or that show tonight? I think I'm like the complete opposite. I think that I think you grow into it. Like you kind of grown to the wonderless. Like maybe maybe some experience that kind of triggers it off. And that's something that you decide that you just have to do and you want to do. But I think before I started becoming like a steady traveler and really wanting to travel, it just wasn't something in the back of my mind was like, oh, I got to do this or I have to have a trip going on. It's just one situation or one event that kind of triggered it. And that's when I was like, okay, I got to keep doing this. I mean, Hey, I traveled a lot too when I was younger. So maybe it was never a big deal. Maybe it was always there. And then eventually I just kind of got into my regular day to day. And then that one thing that happened was like, okay, I'm going to keep doing this. Um, and it kind of changed my perspective. And that's when I really got the desire to keep going. Yeah. You know, I can, I can definitely see that, that perspective, Renee. I think it's a really good point. I think for, for me, I'm maybe a little bit of both. I think where when I was younger, again, I was always kind of the black sheep because I was someone that was always adventurous, but I tended to express right. that, that, you know, that need for adventure in different ways. So I was always very adventurous. I was always looking for an outlet for that. I think that travel at a later age filled that outlet. It was kind of this discovery where I was saying, okay, I, I, I feel like there's more to life. I feel like I need to step outside, break the norm. And I was always kind of finding, trying to find an outlet for that. And then I had you know, the good fortune of working for a company where I ended up traveling internationally. And I can tell you that definitely unlocked that in me. It was, mm-hmm. it was like, wow. 
you know, I have this need for adventure. I'm constantly trying to find an outlet for it. And I think international travel is that outlet. And I don't think I would have figured that out unless I was fortunate enough to have those opportunities to travel. And, you know, in, in many cases it was, it, it really was travel outside of my comfort zone. It was, you know, I was the only female traveling to the Middle East on my own. You know, I was in Jordan on my own. I was in Kuala Lumpur on my own, you know, places that I would never really think, oh my gosh, I'm going to go there on my own. But I was, I was thinking to myself, wow, this is really exciting. And then the wanderlust topic is perfect because I've kind of tapered off of that for the last two years because like most of us, you let jobs get in your way, right? Mm -hmm. You're too busy with your job. Your job is demanding or finances get in the way or, you know, everybody has that, that reason and you just kind of have to taper off sometimes. And, um, I finally kind of came to the conclusion at the beginning of this month where I, I was, I literally like the wanderlust bug literally came up and bit me on my ass because I, I, I was like, all of a sudden I was like, I have to travel this year. Like no more. I have to do it. It was this, it was this visceral need to travel this year. Uh, and I know I was the victim of you. <laughs> I started texting Kim uh, and it was funny because wanderlust and wine is a great topic because in a wine fueled wanderlust moment, I started texting Kim out of the blue. Hey, do you want to go to India with me? <laughs> but it was because it, it became this huge need of just having to go somewhere and explore something. Right. I do think I have always had it when I was getting ready to go to China. I was thinking to myself, okay, this trip is going to be different than all of my other trips because A, I'm not going with people I know. Right. And B, I'm not fully in control of it because generally I am, you know, I have, I'm the planner. I am the one who's like, okay, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, 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 this. Mm -hmm. I was thinking to myself, this is a really good opportunity to see if your feelings about travel are real or if you really just like to go on vacation. Yep. You know, is it really about cruises and beaches and, <laughs> and luxury hotels? And luxury hotels. And, yeah. Or are you really about the work of travel. It's not just laying on the beach and having fun. It is making sure you're hydrated, making sure you're eating properly, making sure, <laughs> you know, wherever you are is safe, making sure you have the information to get from point A to point B. It's a mm -hmm. lot of little elements mm -hmm. that you don't think about when you're looking at the big picture. And so I knew for me, China was going to be a test of if this was a phase or if I was just pretending like I like travel or if this was really something that I needed to make my life. And it was the latter. I loved it so much. Being in a culture that I had no information about, well, I mean, not no information about, but I just didn't really know. And without having a guide or someone like leading me around, it was awesome. Granted, there was someone I wanted to push off the Great Wall of China <laughs> with me, but that's really outside of my control. And I didn't do it, which just goes to show how much I've grown as a person. <laughs> Cheers, cheers. Cheers to that. <laughs> cheers to not hurting your travel clean. companions. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to drink to that as well. That's right. We're cheering you. We're cheering you. Um, and that actually brings up another good point. Um, when you have this type of wanderlust, when, you really, when you're really afflicted with this, you really have to travel with people. I like, it's a, feel, it is an affliction. It is I, it's I like an affliction. It's an affliction for sure. But you really, it, it's better when you can travel with people who share it. Yeah, completely agree. So Renee, how do you indulge your wanderlust? What I'm trying to do, I kind of sat down and was thinking about it more and more so like towards the end of the year, beginning of this year. And I want to start being more spontaneous. Like we have people who are part of the Travel Scott squad that will buy a ticket in a minute and just hop on a plane and go somewhere. Or, you know, they're like, oh, by the way, you know, we're going to Thailand tomorrow. 
And I want to be more like that. Like I want to, if I see a deal and I think it's great, I really want to get to the point where I'm just buying a ticket and just saying, I'm going to do it because I've already invested and do it more. And so that's the type of stuff that I am looking at doing. So when you get those random texts from me, that's what I'm thinking about. Because I randomly text Kim all the time and be all like, hey. the time. <laughs> There's other a flight day, deal. Other day she texted me something about Turkish Airlines was having a sale. I was like, okay. Yes. That's that's where that's what I'm using. I'm using Turkish Airlines to go to India. So, so you need to start See? texting me too. Because exactly. then I texted Kim also. So now I just need to start texting you and Kim. Then you need to, exactly. And then you need you to guys keep forgetting. I don't Kim. have the job. I haven't, I haven't gotten to that point. <laughs> the job yet where I can do these things. I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> My finances do not quite allow that. Student loan. Well, you know, but I found <laughs> Turkish Airlines, like you said, had a really, really good deal. Yeah. And they I'm do. Going, and yeah. the tour group that I'm going with is really reasonable. So are you doing the go travel? I am actually traveling with Intrepid Tours. Okay, cool. So that I, I, I That's did. That's the one that Nomadic Matt, I think, his blog. Yeah. Yes. So I did a lot of research. Some were better than others. I won't name names. Okay. Um, you're, you're welcome to. Oh, okay. So <laughs> am I? I wasn't yeah. sure. So we, have I, no, yeah. we have no sponsors. So I, I did look at G Adventures <laughs> and then I did a lot of research on the reviews and I had heard that, mm-hmm. you know, the service up to the point of departure was very disorganized. Um, people, they basically said, Hey, you know, they sent you the email saying, thanks for booking. And then if you needed any other information, it was basically dead silence up until then. Um, so that's why I decided not to go go with G adventures. Um, so I'm going with intrepid, super, super reasonable. Now, again, for me, it is the right type of travel experience because it is highly immersive. Like two nights are going to be on a sleeper train. And they said, Oh wow. Bring your own sheet. <laughs> no, well, you have to okay. So, so okay. You know, so it's not luxury travel. Most of my experience of India is through Thumbdog Millionaire and the second best or the best exotic marigold <laughs> yes, hotel. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Will you be sleeping on top of the train? No, no, no. They're sleeper trains, and you'll be, you know, in in a berth. Okay. Of yeah. your own, but the room is like there's two berths like in the section. So okay. now I am traveling with someone I know. Okay. So I know she, that is one of Brian's. Yes, that was one of my stipulations. Husband's stipulations. Even though I was booking a tour, he said you don't know any of those people on the tour, so you have to go with someone <laughs> that you know. So, so I am going with someone that I know, and this was somewhat spontaneous. Within a week, I had been bitten by the wanderlust bug, and then started texting Kim. Kim said I can't go, and I was like, damn it, Kim. And then I my vacation time is real limited. <laughs> and then on a whim, I went to the gym, and the, one of the girls that I go to the gym with, I know she travels, and I said, "Hey, you would go to India with me?" And she goes, "When?" I said, "This summer." And she goes, "Yeah, I would." And literally within wow. a week, we had it booked, so it was awesome. Um, but so we're doing the so FYI, mm-hmm. when you come back, we're going to have you back. I would be so excited to talk about the experience of traveling with a random person. <laughs> yes. Well, because she is, uh, honestly, yeah. which to me is very weird because honestly, I don't know her that well, right. but Brian feels comfortable because right. I at least go to the gym with her, I right. guess. Right. But right. we really don't know each other. She's 10 years younger than me. Um, we, know, we don't know anything about each other. So that's I know she's a vegetarian. Fun. That's all I know. Oh. So yeah, so it's going to be- Well, a- India should be good for her. <laughs> well, that's what I yeah. said. India is the perfect destination for her. But I, I also, I never do tours. So this is the first time I'm doing a tour. But again, it's highly immersive, which was very interesting for me. Um, you know, one of the nights we actually stay at a, like at a homestead, like someone actually hosts us and we stay there. So if I'm going to do something like India with a culture that's so different, I want to experience that culture. So for me, this is the right type of tour. You know, would I want to do that in, I don't know, the Middle East? I don't, maybe not, but I've been to the Middle East before. So it just, you know, it just depends what's right for you. So I would love to come back and share my experience, not only from a, here's what India was like, but here's what. It was like being really immersive with a bunch of people that I don't know. Right. So, 
That's so going to be fun. Maybe I will push someone off the side of the Taj Mahal. I don't know if I have your... You'd be surprised. Your, your, I don't know if I have your willpower there, Kim. <laughs> you'd, be, so. you'd be surprised at how annoying people can be. <laughs> you would be surprised. That's actually really cool. I do look forward to hearing about that, that trip and about intrepid travel because... I've read good things about them, so I'll be interested to know how it really works with someone who's actually done their tours. Yeah, and they have some, you know, they've got, like, a couple of different um, levels of tours. So, like I said, I'm doing the basic, which is the more immersive, and then you can do some of the higher ends where they put you in, you know, mm-hmm. really nice hotels. But I'm not really interested in that for this for this trip, to yeah. be honest. And so I think that when you, when you and I have our experience, that will be interesting <laughs> for me. Because I think the one thing that I, I need is to sleep comfortably. <laughs> without thinking things are going to crawl on me in yeah, me there's or that. Me. there's that <laughs> so I'm, I'm i'm still very interested in doing this but that is the that that yeah. is a thing mm-hmm. that, that that worries me it will be i think that's <laughs> for sure yeah yes. kendra how do you because you are attached you have a soulmate <laughs> Aww, that's so how do you balance that like you again like you were saying this year you was like forget it I'm doing a trip I'm going somewhere I have to do something you have a career and of course you have a personal life so how do you balance those two how do you make that work because so, uh, you travel a lot I, I've known you for a while and you have jobs that continuously had you out of the state out of the country yep so one of the things that I do so he's okay if I travel and again I think that's because we we know we're very independent and you know Likewise, when he wants to go and do something, he's very much into jeeping. When he wants to do something jeeping related or hunting related or golfing related, things I have no interest in, I say go. You know, it has to be a two-way street. So you can't Mm -hmm. be super codependent. You have to allow the other person to, you know, live their life and do what makes them happy. And so I think we both respect that out of each other with that one condition, again, that I travel with someone that, that he knows and that he can trust as well. So, but what I do make a, a point of doing is that when I travel and when I know that I'll be traveling solo, I definitely will choose trips that I know he doesn't necessarily have an interest in because I think that's only fair to him. So, for example, I know at some point he wants to go to Greece. So I'm never going to go on a trip to Greece by myself or with friends if he can't go. Right. However, India was a really easy choice because he has zero desire to go to India. He's expressed that to me over and over again. He said, yep, have fun, do your thing, sow your wanderlust oats as long as you do it with someone I know. So it actually, so like well, I said, that sounds I, great. Yeah. So, it, yeah. you know, so I think I'm really fortunate, but I think that's also just a factor of communication, right? You have to understand even though you're in a relationship, you have to understand that there's certain things that other people, it's just intrinsic to who they are and you have to be prepared to support that. Right. And then what about the, on the career front? Because you seem to be really, really good with finding jobs that have you on the road, out of the country, out of the state. <laughs> you're really good with that. <laughs> How does that work? Yeah. So What is your secret? Well, so what I'm doing now is the consulting thing. And so I do travel a lot, but I travel domestically, which is very different from what I had done. Right. When I traveled, I worked with a defense training company. And of course, kind of moving into that role, you know that's going to be a global role. So I kind of, you know, so you have to kind of look for the types of situations that you know are going to present that type of of, um, flexibility and that type of opportunity. Um, And you just have to, you know, when you're looking around for a new career or a new position or a new job or however you want to, you know, however you want to phrase it, you... If that is important to you, then you have to put that as part of your criteria. And for me, it wasn't necessarily important, but when I saw that it was an opportunity, I jumped on it because I said, well, why the hell wouldn't I, right? I've never had an opportunity to do that. I've never had an opportunity to 
um, engage in business travel, uh, engage in doing business with other cultures. And it was really exciting to me. Now, yeah, it did get a little old after a while when you would be on the road for three to four weeks at a time. That was a little much. But again, you just have to understand that it, there's going to be good times and there's going to be bad times. There's going right. to be times that you travel for business that you're literally going to be in and out and you're going to see a hotel and a conference center and maybe a restaurant and that's it. But then there's also times where you're going to have a layover or you're going to have a weekend that you can take and you're going to be able to go and ride elephants in Malaysia or eat shawarma in an alleyway in Abu Dhabi, which was amazing. <laughs> um, but again, you just have to know that that's not going to happen all the time. Right. So manage your expectations, I guess. Right. Yeah. Sometimes you're just at the looking to... Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you are, or sometimes you're in the back row on the Malaysian Airlines flight next to the lavatory for 15 hours. Right. <laughs> Gotta take the good with the bad. Right. right. That is right. All right. So we're going to pause here for a brief break. Hi, guys. Cooper here from the Unquote Podcast. Unquote delves into what makes movie quotes so, well, quotable. See, I have a guest each week watch a movie selected from the American Film Institute's Top 100 Movie Quotes list, and then we sit down and ponder cultural impingement and cinematic preponderance and, okay, you got me, my thesaurus was totally open. A little factual and a lot of fun is the least contentious peanut gallery in history. Unquote is part of the Rogue Intel Network, and you can find me on iTunes, Facebook, and Twitter. So now we are going to move into our next segment. Previously, this segment was called Travel Gear, but now we've decided to call it Carry On, Carry On. <laughs> <laughs> so Kendra. Oh. Yes. Any items, tech items, movies, books, or anything like that that you feel are really good for people to carry on? in their next adventure. Can I give you something that's really, really low tech? Absolutely. <laughs> so one thing, so thinking you guys had asked a question much earlier in the program, what I cannot travel without. And I know I said lip balm. However, one thing that I always carry on with me, always make sure it, I have in my bags, like in my purse that I do not leave home with, honestly, is a pair of earplugs. I am such a light sleeper and earplugs have saved me on a plane. They have saved me in Brisbane when I stayed at, again, right business travel. I stayed at a Holiday Inn and it was right next to the freeway. I have stayed, I have traveled in trains. I have traveled in planes. I've traveled in boats. And I'll tell you, earplugs have saved me countless times. It's like 10 cents <laughs> for a pair of earplugs if you buy them in bulk. And I keep those things stashed everywhere. I have one. Uh, again, going back to what I was saying earlier about what I'm doing to cure or encourage my wanderlust, depending on how you look at it. Um, I'm always looking out for uh, discount airlines or cheap low-cost carriers. And the U.S. is starting to actually get more and more of those airlines here. And so the new one that I discovered is Norwegian Air. Um, Norwegian Air flies out of New York, Los Angeles, Oakland, and San Francisco. And they pretty much go to a ton of places overseas um, because they are a low-cost carrier. You can much get to different places but their i believe their primary uh, hub is norway so uh this particular airline flies to oslo nice. um so you can actually yeah exactly so they are again low-cost carrier the flights are pretty cheap um but there are some fees similar to your spirit or JetBlue 
or frontier type of airlines where there may be some additional fees for baggage. So last time I looked, it was like 441. Just saying. <laughs> Making a note. So Iceland <laughs> is also on my bucket list. So yeah. uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe like Iceland, Norway. Yeah. I don't know. If you like our show, once again, um, give us a review on iTunes. You could uh, follow us on Facebook at Round Trip Pod or Twitter at Round Trip Pod or uh, send us a message at Round Trip Pod at gmail.com. Send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Let us we would know love to you, hear from you. Let us know what you think of the show or send us a question and we'll make sure you get it answered. Can I send exactly. you a smoke signal? You may. How about, you may. Sem- how about semaphore? That's fine. Okay. <laughs> text is so much easier now. Yeah, that's right. true. Kendra, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so thank happy for to having have you. me. Thanks, just, Kendra. We need to schedule Machu Picchu. And we need we to do. Absolutely. And possibly Oslo and um, Reykjavik. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the list is grows and grows. <laughs> All right. Well, for round trip, this is Kim. This is Renee. And we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.